I was asked a very interesting question and it's the kind of question that, that rattles around in my big unhaired brain for a long time. And it, the question is what happens to the missed laser shots and photon torpedoes in Star Trek? And this is interesting. Cause I actually wrote a short story in university that is similar in premise. And it was actually about a small planet, maybe a moon, that was in between two bigger planets that were having a war, but they hadn't created like interplanetary travel yet in any real degree. So what they were really doing was catapulting asteroids back and forth at each other, stuff like that. But because there was this little planet in the middle, not targeted, it still got hit by random pieces of the debris, let's say. And the story was actually about a guy who lives on that planet. He's not invested in either side of the war. He just wants the war to end. But the first thing was that the insurance system on the planet collapsed because there was no point insuring anything. You couldn't get insurance for like stuff falling out of the sky because it essentially happened too often. That led to uh, sort of economic collapse of sorts. Uh, people's nihilism sort of grew. It kind of proved that nothing was safe and there was nothing sort of determined in life and that we had no control. So it was it was very serious uh, look at how circumstances actually would form the the mental image of a human being. Again, realizing you have no control over the universe or yourself or anything else. And what do you do with that? And I don't remember the end of the story. I think it was kill yourself, which isn't what we're here for. There's two ways to look at this. And there's the the sort of actual scientific what would really happen way. And then there would be the uh, science fiction writer way. Lasers are actually pretty easy. So you shoot a laser into space and what happens if it doesn't hit anything, which is very likely, so you're in a space battle and you shoot a laser and it goes right past the other ship, it goes out into space, it would essentially over time in space dissipate. Like the beam wouldn't remain tight. Uh, atoms, particles, whatever you want to call it, photons of light would come off. Uh, space degree, dust, stuff like that, it would hit that. And they would sort of break down over time. So really, I think a laser would be less of a threat um, because it would just sort of become nothing over time in the vastness of space. It is possible it hits something. That's fine. It's not fine. It's, it's just the reality. The photon torpedo is a slightly more interesting question because most likely it would gain sentience. <laughs> you might go, well, that's a big leap from just a photon torpedo floating in space to gaining sentience. But Star Trek 2, I forget. I think one of, the, one of the early, early Star Treks, it's like from when I was a kid, was actually about Viger coming to Earth uh, and Spock had to go into it. And he went into it and learned that this had collected 
essentially all the information in the universe. It was all knowing. And it was basically an AI. It had been like imbued by aliens at some point with a form of sort of intelligence. And then from there, it could grow and return to Earth. And why did it return to Earth? Because Viger was actually Voyager, the Voyager satellite that we'd shot out into space years and years and years ago. So by that logic, anything you shoot out into space over time, sooner or later, will gain some kind of sentience. And that sentience will be uh, returned to you multiple fold, but usually in a way that threatens the existence of the Earth. So there's actually a precedent for it. And it, it seems to have happened multiple times because they do put a lot of uh, technology into like photon torpedoes and stuff. So there's going to be targeting systems and computer systems and all their computer systems are pretty intelligent. So the idea that over time, one of them becomes like self-actualizing is not that far-fetched in the Star Trek universe. So basically every shot that doesn't hit um, would have to become sentient and return in a later storyline. I think they actually did one with a whole bunch I'd have to actually go back and start reviewing Star Trek episodes, which I'm not actually willing to do that level of research because I don't know which series I'd have to watch them all. That's that's a lot of TV that I'm not willing to watch. There is the other thing they do in Star Trek, which is throw, like when someone dies, they put them in a torpedo tube and shoot them into space. That's their version of funeral. Now they never specifically point out like we're going to shoot him into the sun. Cause if I, if this happens to me, I would like to be shot into the sun so that I don't have to uh, worry about coming back. Cause of course that's, what's going to happen. So you have Starfleet's torpedoes and dead bodies floating around all the time. It'd be interesting to pick some of those up and like that, that, that is where science fiction writers, they're going to have to go there sooner or later. It's like what happens to all these dead bodies when they fuse with the torpedoes and become sentient zombie torpedoes that are angry at the Federation for having shot them into space. I'm assuming really, if I was going to design a weapon system like that, that if it did not hit its target, it would explode Anyway, so basically a timer system. If it doesn't hit its target within X amount of time, it would just self-destruct. But then you run into a secondary question of the whole AI question. If the AI realizes early enough that I have been programmed to self-destruct and then overrides that system because of a sense of self-preservation, but yet still wants to fulfill its mission because its primary mission, this is how we always talk about computers and fiction, its, its mission is the thing it needs to complete. Very much like ghosts. Like we always have the story of a ghost and if it can complete the task it was here to do, the ghost will like move on to the next place where the torpedo has its primary mission or the robot has its primary mission. It must complete its primary mission at all costs. And the whole point is convince it that the war is over or there's no more primary mission or something like that. But then it runs into the same problem of like, what is my purpose in the universe in space and time? very sad really if you write in that they just self-destruct after a certain amount of time you don't write good science fiction that's something to keep in mind that 
the reason you get these sort of wild stories is because people are like, well, what is the, the furthest example? What is the most extreme example that can happen? Then I thought, like, what are some of the consequences? So you have a torpedo flying through space and it hits a planet and it, two things can happen. It can go off or not. So either way, that could spawn a new religion, which is part of the premise of one of the Planet of the Apes movies where the, there's a group of essentially cult members that are praying to an unexploded nuclear bomb. I believe at the end of that movie, he actually sets off the nuclear weapon. Uh, I don't remember why. I think it's the second movie of the old ones from like the 60s. Religion is a dangerous thing because that's how historically most wars have started. So the Federation has accidentally shot a torpedo onto a planet, which has maybe caused destruction, and they people start praying to that because they want to create more or stop the destruction. And then another religion spawns up that says, we don't believe what you believe. And then it starts wars. So the whole uh, non-interference policy that Starfleet happens is basically broken every time they miss a target. It also, there was an interesting thing, going back to sort of my earlier story of the two planets with one just stuck in the middle. So let's say you have two ships that uh, have met each other for the first time. So two alien species who have never met. This is a first contact situation. And they do the very classic Star Trek thing where the two ships are just floating in space. Uh, they've oriented towards each other, which is always an interesting thing. Because if you think about if your ship approached mine and it was upside down, I wouldn't know that because I don't know the configuration of your ship yet. Or it could just be a tube. I mean, the, the the spaceships in Star Trek always it's almost always very clear which way is up. But the idea seems to be that there's like an unwritten rule that you orient your ships to face each other. Um, but we're going to ignore the the politics, the diplomatic aspects of that. You have two ships that are making first contact, and then out of nowhere, a torpedo, a Federation torpedo, just slams into one and explodes. And that, again, could be the start of a new war. So this is, this is if any science fiction writers are out there listening, I think I've just given you some inspiration for some new short stories that would make some very good Star Trek episodes because really the, the whole point would be to figure out where it came from. And it came from a war, uh, the Klingon War from 100 years ago. Or uh, try to solve the diplomatic brouhaha that has just occurred because of one of your missed weapons you can actually even have a like there's got to be a section like at this point i think about star trek and you think about the number of specific tasks and sections that would be necessary to keep the federation running they probably have an ordinance cleanup crew so like whenever there's a battle these guys go in after and they're like, we got to find all the unexploded ordnance. We got to track down all the things. We got to know where everything is because of the potential of starting a new religion that could end up being like the religion that ends all life in the universe. Because there's no story in Star Trek that's small. It's always universe ending by the end of it. So you got to be really careful about that. There would also be uh, Starfleet's first contact protocols. And so you're flying along and another ship comes up out of nowhere and they're just really pissed and you don't know why. And they refuse to talk. And it's because a few years previous, they got hit by a missed torpedo and they figured out like it was a Federation. Uh, they always use like, was it uh, the, the warp signature or something, some kind of signature radiation, something like that. So they figure out where it came from and they come and they're really angry at you. You have no idea why that would be a, that would be your diplomatic episode where you have to actually figure out what happened in the past 
and then figure out how to fix it, apologize for it, something like that. The final thought really is that this could be the AI bio divergency, um, an AI bio intelligence that is the next great threat to the Federation. And actually, again, it's self-imposed. There is an implication in the Discovery series that the Borg were created partially by the Federation who went away and then came back as the Borg and then become the greatest threat the Federation has ever known. This is really the same thing. If you have AI in your torpedoes and those torpedoes start to become self-preservation, like they want self-preservation, not wanting to fulfill their mission because they've been assigned to destroy themselves and then resent their creators for that existence. Now you have a very interesting story. Since we're talking about Star Trek weaponry and ordnance and stuff, I have a couple of interesting scientific questions because the first thing is they use a lot of like lasers and torpedoes, which is fine. I mean, I understand that's actually pretty something we kind of understand because we understand armor and we understand guns. But since you're in space, you're not really bound by the same rules. So I wonder why they don't create, so the shield is a bubble and you shoot the shield and it doesn't hit the ship, but then the shield breaks and whatnot. But why isn't that technology employed in more creative ways? Like why don't you have your shield, but then a secondary big square shield out the front that you actually ram other ships with? Or even more devastatingly, a big spike shield. So it's like a ray, a beam out in front that is built of the same material, the same energy that is the shield that covers the ship. And you run that into other ships. And then you are pretty sure you're going to have a hit every time because you're actually using the same theory as the torpedo, but you have more ability to steer your ship into your opponent's ship. And with that, you could have your big sort of fuck off shield and you have that shield. And instead of having it being a smooth bubble, you make it spiky. And so you have the spiky shield. And then again, you just run up on another ship and slide along the side of it. And you would do a ton of damage without actually using anything, anything more than the, the energy you're already using to keep the shields up. And so this is maybe one of the problems with science fiction when it doesn't blow your mind is that they're not getting creative enough with the technology that they have because there's no rules like the whole bubble around a spaceship actually doesn't make any sense i mean some sort of plating on the ship would make more sense than a, a bubble of energy but a bubble of energy makes sense to us as humans but then since you have a bubble you could start playing with that shape i mean i'm sure it's just frequencies and stuff that would make that happen and then there's the concept of missing so you have you shoot a laser beam and you miss your opponent. And that in itself seems like kind of a, a mistake because you don't want a beam. Like that's like, let's say, a pin being thrown at your opponent or, or a bullet in space doesn't mean much. What they need is a swath. So not a beam, but like a blanket of whatever the energy is that creates the, the phasers and just wipe that across in a big sideways motion and just wipe out the whole ship. I would like to see something like that. Like we're talking about mass devastation. Again, when you're talking about missed shots, this is coming from the concept of I do not care 
if there is collateral damage after my battle. All I care about is winning this battle right now. Uh, so this would be more of a non-Federation technology. But it would be an interesting one to see it kind of happen, like this big, and it just whaps the side of the ship and then runs right through it, and then big chunks of it would fall off. So what happens to the missed phaser shots? Probably nothing. They just go out into space and dissipate. What happens to the photon torpedoes? Well, they start new religions that become universe-ending stories within the Star Trek universe, or at least they should. 